Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. On this episode, I'm joined by Seb, vocalist for the Long Island hardcore band Regulate. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up! What's going on, Caffeinated Crew? Uh, today I'm hanging out with Seb from the band Regulate. Seb, how's it going over there in New York today? Good, bro. How are you? I'm doing well. It's uh, it's snowing as hard as I think I've ever seen it in my whole life right now. So we got a little summer, summer outside right now too. Yeah, we've been we got blistered over the night, so uh, it's just insane. Um, that can- what's that? That Canada life. That's true. Let's start it off with what what are you drinking on your side right now? Uh water. Just some sweet H2. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I was kind of I kind of wanted you to to have like a like a, just a weird other drink. I would have loved that. Usually at this time, so I woke up a little late today. At mm-hmm. this time, drinking a yerba mate. Guyaki brand, you know. 160 150 grams of pure Amazonian caffeine. <laughs> Can't really beat that, you know? Um, yeah, but right now I'm just rocking with some H2O. I do uh, I do like the, the Yerba Mate, but I'm kind of a cheater. I like the soda ones. I know. Don't judge me. I see the I face. Like the I like the bubbles in it. I'm a bubbly guy. Oh, you know? If there's, if there's one thing I like, it's uh, just a weird soda mixture of caffeine and soda and stuff. But... I am having coffee because I have to, because this is what the podcast is about. I'm contractually obligated to be drinking a coffee right now. You can't see it, but there's a dude off screen aiming a gun at my head. So I have to have the coffee. Um, I'm drinking, it's from Balance. It's uh, actually the vocalist of my band. Mm -hmm. Um, He moved here from the Dominican Republic seven years ago and started a coffee roaster. And so it's a, uh, it's a Costa Rican coffee. Um, Really, really good. Uh, it, if you can believe it or not, it tastes like a strawberry vanilla tart. That's weird. It is weird, but it tastes really good. It's a process that's called anaerobic. It means they like ferment the coffee for like 48 hours after they, uh, they pick it off the tree and let it process. Mm-hmm. They let it ferment in the bean, and like creates this weird moisture and it tastes crazy. Um, I jank them. Like, like what? Jenkum. You know what that is? No. I'm about to ruin your podcast. So Jenkum is when you shit and piss in a two liter soda bottle and then you put a balloon over the top of it, let it sit in the sun and then it ferments. And then the fumes from that fill up the balloon and then you suck up what's in the balloon and you get really high. I thought that was butt hash. It might be. It's also Jenkum. It's both. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it as butt hash, but that might be what like people called in the fucking nineties when it came out. So, but yeah, uh, it's not Jankum. It's, uh, it's coffee. Um, <laughs> uh, I know that leading up we, when we were talking about coming on the podcast, 
Yeah. You mentioned that you are not a coffee guy, which is fine because uh, this, co- this... I'll break it down for you, okay? Because I am on your podcast that does focus around you know music and coffee. I am Colombian, right? 100% full-blooded Colombian. Coffee is a very big thing in our culture. I grew up drinking black coffee as a child. Like when we moved to America, I was drinking black coffee for breakfast as a child. Okay. When I was at an age to where I could decide what I was going to ingest for breakfast, I decided I didn't want black coffee anymore. I wanted like Sunny D or like Tang. You know what I'm saying? Stop that. And coffee was like disgusting to me. Right. After that, I was traumatized by the taste the aroma, the whole thing, right? So one day, um, so I, I used to work up in Connecticut and I used to um, carpool with a friend named Bill. Shout out to Bill. He was a big coffee guy. We would stop at this place called Donut Delight in Stanford, Connecticut every day, right? So we could get a cold brew. And one day I'm like, all right. He would always like push me to try it. I'm like, dude, I don't like it. Like I don't, coffee is disgusting. It tastes like dirt and water to me. And one day he, he's like, no, just... Just get it and like, I'll pay for it. If you don't like it, whatever, it's fine. I'm like, okay, fine, I get it. So he orders, she's like, what do you like? Do you like it? Would you have sweets? I'm like, this shit is bitter as fuck. So yeah, get it sweet. So he orders me a cold brew with milk and caramel in it. And I take a sip and I'm like, all right, I guess it's okay. And I didn't want to let him know how much I enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't want to give him that satisfaction. So he gets to work. I'm at my, you know, in front of my computer and I'm drinking it. And about 45 minutes goes by and I notice my foot won't stop tapping. And I notice how quickly I'm typing. And I realize it's the caffeine hitting me. And I really, like, besides like a yerba mate here and there at that point, this was back in 2018. Besides a yerba here and there, caffeine wasn't really part of my, I didn't really ingest much of it. And uh, I really enjoyed the way the cold brew made me feel a lot. And honestly, tasted bomb so i was like fuck it next day i was like yeah well, we can go to donut delight i guess i'll fuck around again. whatever so cold brew is my drink for sure um there's definitely some that are better than others hot coffee scares the fuck out of me but we did a tour in Colombia in december and you can't one cold brew is not really a thing there and I'm not going to disrespect my ancestors by not getting some coffee in Colombia, bro. So I was drinking a lot of it. And what they do in Colombia is they do these things called tintos, which are tiny little cups, right? And you can get it. There's not a block in Colombia where you can't get a tinto, right? So there's either people coming down the street with a little cart selling it or like a bakery. And you'd get those hot, like magma level temperature. And they ask if you want um, milk and sugar in there. If you say yes, they're like, okay. Yeah. But you always get a black. Sugar is acceptable. A little powdered sugar. It melts in there right away. And you just sip on that. Dude, it's fucking good, man. It's fucking good. And like to be drinking it in Colombia, like where I'm from, it was like, I felt it just felt right. You know what I mean? I felt right. I felt really right. So I like cold brew. I like little hot coffees in Colombia. But everything in between, I don't really, I don't really know much about it. You know what I mean? I yeah. like what I, I like. I like the jitters it gives me. You know what I mean? The connection I get to my ancestors. But outside of that, I just, I'm not really that much of a coffee guy. I mean, I feel you. Like this podcast is especially for people. Is not to judge. I know that everybody's not like an insane 
fucking strawberry tart coffee person. <laughs> but uh, I I do. It's so fun. I haven't heard the word tinto in like. Oh, so you know what it is? Yeah. Uh, when I was back in Savannah, when I was I was working for a church, there was a family that would invite us over, and they had moved to Savannah from Colombia. They were from um, I don't want to get it wrong, but I think they were from like around like Bogota when it's time to go to like, do you want a Tinto? And it's like, yeah. Like, what is that? And they're like, no, it's like a really strong, like small, mm-hmm. tiny coffee. Uh, and they also gave us, what is that? Uh, it's like a postre almost, but it's, um, it's like, uh, a, a pear with, uh, cheese and like guava. Yeah. That's good shit, dude. Bomb, dude. There's um, a few different of that, but yeah. So they gave us that with like a tinto and it was like, all right, now it's time to go. <laughs> the best one I had when we were over there, I think we were playing um, a town car in Mania. And this woman, we, we were just getting out of the van and this woman came down with her car and we all, you know, we all bought one. And uh, dude, she didn't put anything in there. It was just straight black. Dude, the taste will never leave my fucking psyche. It was so fucking good and perfect. And I, my only regret is I didn't get another one, dude. And that like where we were, Armenia is where most like most of the coffee that is grown or whatever in Colombia comes from that region. <clears throat> so like, that's, that's the spot, you know? So it's only right that her little like cart had like, craziest coffee I've ever tasted in my entire life. It was awesome. I, I have so much respect for like, you know, the lady selling the tinto on the side of the road because they've been making coffee like that before coffee even came to the US. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Even in like Ethiopia, they don't make coffee like anybody. It's crazy. They're the like, OGs, right? That's yeah. where invented, right? Yeah, it's like, that's like humans and coffee came from Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And like, they... The Dutch, I believe, went and when they like tried to colonize, they took the coffee to another Dutch colony in Indonesia and planted a plant there. And then it like variated. That's how you get all these weird coffee variations. But in Ethiopia, it's still thousands of different coffee plants grow all the time. It's weird. So you're not opposed to like trying new coffee and stuff like that. You just... I'll try it. Here's the th- okay. Here's my real gripe with coffee. It's not the beverage. Obviously, the beverage is dope as hell, right? I'm Colombian. It's in my blood to drink. Yeah. My problem is not with that. My problem is that I'm also from New York, and I also hate yuppies. And what yuppies like to do in New York is they go to one of these like, like foo foo coffee places, right? And they sit down for hours and they look like they're doing work on their fucking computers. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I don't give a fuck, but they're sitting there with their fucking whack-ass sneakers, like weird, like jeans and they sip their coffee. And then like, they just hang out there all day, which is fine. Like, okay. You just, you also have to understand I'm a hater. I'm a big hater of things in general. So this is all fucking ridiculous. And I'm aware of that, but hear me out. Okay. So they do this thing where it's like, Oh, here's a pic of my Instagram story. I'm drinking a coffee. Oh, wait, I have another coffee. I'm so fucking crazy for having two coffees. Whoa, shut the fuck up. Okay. I hate coffee culture. 
you know, like people who are like, like I have a few friends, my friend Tim Riley in California, he like, like grosses his own coffee as like a company, right? I'm down with that. I think that's cool. My roommate, Nick, his, he gets um, his uncle in Peru. He sends up bags of coffee to our house. I think that's dope. That's not what I mean when I mean coffee culture. Coffee culture. I mean people who go and they sit with their little like lattes and they sip on it. And then they're just like, oh. look, okay, here's a really good example. I went to a La Cologne, right? Is that how I pronounce that? In California. Yeah. 2018, we're playing some shows out there, right? I'm new to the coffee game, yo. I'm brand new. You know, my coffee taste at this point was that of a middle schooler. Give me a cold brew with caramel. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. I'm a grown ass man. Regardless, I go to La Cologne. <laughs> I order a fucking cold brew. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you guys got caramel? And the guy, look, the barista looks at me and he's like, no, we don't. And I'm like, okay. And I fucking, I didn't pay for it yet. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I walk away. He's like, sorry, you have to pay. I'm like, I'm not taking it. You keep your fucking coffee. I don't want your fucking coffee. Yo, why do I need to get shamed up in the coffee spot by some dickhead behind the counter? Motherfucker, you're trying to make money. You just lost a customer for life, like Cologne. There we go. Deep, live with that, you know? That's what I don't like. So this was like the main question I had regarding the coffee because I'm like, there's a disconnect that don't understand. I know that you are Colombian. I know coffee is a big part of Colombian culture, even just Latino culture in general. So coffee culture, I love that you've clarified that. And honestly, that dude at, at La Colombe, you should never treat if you really do care about coffee and you have somebody coming in and asking a question, like they're ordering a cold brew like you with caramel. My first instinct as somebody who wants more people to know about coffee would be like, unfortunately, we don't offer caramel, but why don't you try it with this like brown sugar syrup instead? I would have been like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, because sure. they have that. That dude's just an asshole. So, oh my God. I couldn't, I was like, like he stopped me in my tracks. I was like, Are you really talk to me like what the fuck? That dude has no place being a barista for real. Or fucking working in customer service. Like, come on, dog. So I think that that whole situation is extremely laughable. The fact that he's working at a La Colombe and feels like he can he can have yeah. that level of attitude about he his coffee. Dominion over me over my coffee taste. The fuck good story. Like he like he shut my ass up, that's for sure. But I didn't pay for the coffee, so ha, joke's on you, buddy. He's the caffeine uh, gatekeeper. For real. And I love to gatekeep more than the next guy, but come on, it's a drink. It's a drink. You know, growing up in, in New York, uh, how did you stay connected to your, your Colombian roots? Um, so, so my family was the only... I had one Colombian friend in school, in my elementary school in Brooklyn. My friend Max. I don't know where he's at in life now, but I hope he's doing well. Um, but he didn't live in like the same neighborhood I lived in. So my neighborhood in Bensonhurst was mostly um, Italian families, Eastern European families, and Chinese families. And them, <clears throat> the majority of each of those three groups were immigrants, like like new immigrants. So we fit in there with the immigrant part, but like as far as like being black in that area. That was not, you're the only black family, literally 
entire neighborhood that I knew of. And there was a couple other like Latin American, like we had like Argentinians living across the street from us and like a couple Mexicans here and there. So, you know, we had like, there was like a Latin thing kind of going on, but not really. Um, but like my family is like very, very Colombian, like in the house, like we only spoke Spanish. It was Colombian food every day. You know what I'm saying? Um, McDonald's was a treat every now and then, but usually you're eating rice, like rice and beans. Legitimately, I like guess a joke now, but it, every night rice and beans or like Perico or Sancocho or something. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I just stayed like New York is a place where you can, I feel like you are simultaneously forced to learn about other cultures. And that makes, at least it made me be more vigilant and more appreciative of my own. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I've always felt very connected to Colombia and I was definitely never allowed to forget that I was Colombian. Family. I never wanted to, but you know, like my family always really instilled that in me. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just like, just never something I need to make an effort to do. It's always been like something that's just very like always active in my mind. That's awesome. Um, I do want to know Manos de Oro, obviously. Mm. I, I love that song. I find myself like humming it to myself quite often. Uh, what is the story behind it? Uh, so that's on, that's on our first LP. Mm-hmm. I said first, we're working on the second one right now. Um, that song... I wrote that when me and my my best friend Ringo, who does merch for us, we were like, he's still like very much so in the gym every single day. Uh, I right now I have a torn meniscus, so I haven't been able to do much actively, but my uh, my active lifestyle more so pertains to like strength and conditioning training and like playing hockey. But when I wrote that song, I was in the gym lifting weights. I was super into like powerlifting and shit. I mean, Ringo were both members of Gold's Gyms in Richmond and New York, respectively. So it's just, you know, hands of gold, minus the order, that's what it translates to, gold is gym, you know? And the whole song is about being strong physically, but also like, you know, mentally, you know what I'm saying? Um, the first lines, first couple lines is about how, when I started working out and lifting weights, I like was doing, cause I was like tired of being like skinny and frail. So, came into it expecting nothing but developed a hunger like no other i got like super into it like super quick and my body took to it i could see changes in my body and i was like holy fuck dude like this shit is real so that whole song was really just about lifting weights being strong being smart too you know because as much as i learned um in the gym i learned about my body i learned about a lot you learn a lot about yourself through you know physical exertion and discipline you know um had my friend tom dom from Lies do uh, guest spot on that he he's competed in like bodybuilding and stuff like that so oh, damn else who had like who could relate about you know the gym life so to speak <laughs> that's cool uh i always wondered because i didn't know like reading the lyrics i'm like it's obviously about like self-betterment empowerment yeah. sure but i wasn't sure kind of what you i know you like to write about something that you're going through like I know you've written about like student loans and, and the bullshit yeah. surrounding that. Um, but like, I've always kind of wanted to know, like, 
specifically the story. I love that it's about Gold's Gym. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking awesome. I, and what you're saying about the body thing, man, I picked up boxing. Nice. Very nice. Those changes, as soon as you start seeing them, you're like, I want to do this more. How many times can I go boxing today? Literally. That's that's, yeah, I feel you, bro. It's an amazing feeling. And it's like, there's no, there's not many other feelings I can relate to it. Like looking in the mirror after a bit and you're like, that's new. You know what I mean? feels good. It's, it's like, I think it's pretty like animalistic and like instinctual for us to be happy about a change in our body. So that's why it feels so good. Cause it's like, it taps into something I think that we all have. And it's just like, Ultimately, it's just like a, like a really strong sense of pride, I think. Like, I've been working hard. I earned this. I'm proud of myself, you know? Yeah, definitely. It also made other areas of my life, it made me want to put more, like, energy into those to clean yeah. them up. You know what I mean? Like, becoming disciplined in one aspect of life is almost not enough once you start kind of getting in that, mm. like, that habitual mindset. Well, I think it's also because you're like, oh, I can do this. You know what I mean? And then you start attributing that attitude to other things in your life that you thought maybe you couldn't do. You know what I mean? Like I can develop discipline in the gym. I can develop discipline with my eating habits, sleeping habits, whatever, you know, like why can't I apply this to work or my relationships or my friendships? You know what I mean? Definitely. When's the last time you did a spin kick? Damn, dude, you know what? That's so fucking crazy. You asked me that because I straight up will text my friends like out of fucking nowhere. I'll be like, when's the last time you did a spin? Like legitimately word for word verbatim. When's the last time you did a spin kick? I know. <laughs> I think about that. I think about that. I think the last time I asked, I think I asked Defang from Turnstile when the last time he did a spin kick was. He told me it was like to trap on the rise somewhere in Baltimore in like 2008, which is a long time ago. That man has not spun kicked in a while. Um, he's due for one. He's due. I don't know. He's like kind of famous now. He can't be getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? He's got to take care of his body. Um, <laughs> Last time I did a spin kick, man, you know what? This normally wouldn't be a hard question for me at all. But since I've been laid up with a fucking torn meniscus for two months, um, it wasn't FYA because I stepped into the building. I was there for about all of 15 minutes. Robert gets started. Three songs in, that's when I tore my meniscus. So, I, yeah, I was in that bitch for about 15 minutes for the weekend, first day. Wrecked my shit. Bro. So it wasn't. Maybe, oh, you know, it was during life's question at our last show in Colombia and Bogota. Um, I think it was during the song for you. Shit is hard. There, hit a couple of spin kicks. Um, yeah, it was definitely life's question in Bogota, Colombia, which is pretty dope to say that your last spin kick was your friend's band in Colombia. It's pretty fire. Yeah, that's a dope question, dude. For real, you should ask everybody that. I, I might, cause I, I had seen like full disclosure when I was doing my homework, I had heard that, that you text people when the last time you did a spin kick. I was like, that oh, shit dude. is fucking amazing. How the fuck did you, I feel like I'm on Nardwar right now. How the fuck do you know that? My goal is to become the American Canadian transplant version of Nardwar. Right, right. Because he's he's Canadian. He's from Frank, he's from Vancouver. he's from BC. Yeah, he right. is. I've been watching a bunch of his shit. He's fucking hilarious. Uh, like, he's the goat. He's the best. He's the, the gifts that he gives people. I, I'm trying. I so saw I'm an actor, and I'm I'm really only trying to attain 
a certain level of fame that will allow me to do two, three things. And there's a lot of gaps in between them. One, I want to be interviewed by Nardward. Two, I want to be on Hot Ones. Um, three, I want to be on Howard Stern. And I understand the gap between on Nardward to Hot Ones to being on Howard Stern, but I think they're all attainable in this life. You know, I'm going to do my damnedest to get there one way or another. I like the, the, it is a bit of a jump. I, I don't know if Nardwar or Hot Ones would be first. I, so Nardwar is more of a music, like he likes, he does music acts. Yeah. I don't think my music is ever going to get me to a, any sort of level of fame outside of the scene that we're in. And I wouldn't even, I, I shudder to call that fame. You know, um, I think the acting could get me on Hot Ones. And then maybe people will be like, oh my God, did you hear that actor Sebastian Pava is, he also like plays in a band. Maybe that could be my bridge the gap to Nardward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and then Howard Stern, he's into guitar music, right? So I think if I'm like a famous enough actor and people know that I play music, maybe that'll be the thing that'll get me on Howard. You know what I mean? I know the dude, dude from, so Howard Stern has an after show. And one of the guys from Fury was on the after show. He's like a big Howard Stern fan. So if he can do it, I can fucking do it. You know? Fury's like, I wouldn't say they're like the most even famous. They're almost not even hardcore. They're like, there's something else. I don't they're know. Like alt rock, post pop punk. Yeah. But yeah, that's super random that he would be on that. It's doable. I, I, I believe in that. I think it's, you could do it. I got to believe. What else do I have? I just got to fucking believe it's going to happen. We'll just do a massive social media campaign, like like get Seb on Stern. Yeah, I might have to do that too. I don't know. I'll figure it out. My friend, so I feel like Turnstile, I feel like there is a chance Turnstile could be on the show one day. And um, I actually have a plan, which I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on. Um, so here's my plan. So Howard is a big fan of Jimmy Kimmel, right? Mm-hmm. And they're best friends. Turnstile already plays Seth Meyers. I feel like it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to play Jimmy Kimmel, right? So when that, if and when that happens, I will call the Howard Stern show maniacally until I get on. I'm going to go, hey, Howard, did you, did you watch Kimmel last night? Did you see the music act, this band Turnstile? Oh, you didn't catch him? I think you'd really like him. It's guitar music. You know, you'd be into that. And I'm going to keep doing it, right? Turnstile eventually will get on the Howard Stern show. And I've talked to Turnstile about this. My friend Brandon, who does merch for them, said, if they're really strict about who they're letting in, I will give up my spot so you can go into the studio. So all I need, I need to plant a seed. And then it's only up from there. You know what I mean? And then you're connected to Howard Stern by like one degree of separation. Literally, dude. Well, okay, this doesn't count, but I work for, for a professional hockey team. And we had a Gary Delabate, who's Howard Stern's producer. And we like showed him on the screen or whatever. And I was the one like, I like escorted him to his seat or whatever. And then we did like the camera spot. And after I was like, hey, you're a really big fan. You're the man. So that's, that's really my, my closest. I mean, to Howard, he's like second in command. You know what I mean? So that was a pretty my life. Um, but yeah, once I get in the studio, it's over for you hoes, for real. That's when I've made it. So regulate, you guys are working on another LP currently. Yeah. Well, so everything is tracked right now. We every few days we've been getting like a new like rough mix. Um, our our engineer John Markson, 
shout out to John. You become a good friend of mine. He uh, he's very very particular, so he'll like make the slightest change. Be like, hey, tell me how you guys think about what this sounds like. I don't have an ear for that shit at all, unless it's blatant. I fucking sing, dude. I don't know shit about anything. Unless it's a blatant change, I don't know what's going on. So we've been getting a lot of like new mixes and stuff, and hoping to have it out. Realistically, probably it's looking like midsummer, late summer, maybe. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I've been listening. I've been killing that first LP for two years, three years now. So it's gonna be dope. The time has come for sure. Yes, I'm excited about some new regulate and some new tours. Maybe, maybe we'll probably do. So we've been doing just like East Coast, West Coast, back and forth type of thing. We definitely neglect the middle of the country. Um, some places deserve for us to neglect them. Um, I know you have feelings about uh, a certain state. Yeah, Texas sucks. Um, not all of Texas. Shout out to Houston. I fuck with Houston. Um, the rest of it, this, it is what it is. But we'll probably end up doing the full U.S. to support the LP. Um, I was actually talking about it with my drummer, Harry yesterday um and you know when it had people will be excited about the package it would be us and two other bands and it would be definitely a show that is something for everybody so yeah so maybe a full u.s tour when the record comes out it'd be tight you might have to throw a montreal date in there somewhere yeah we've i told you we've played there two times so you know and i love montreal and i love toronto so and i we've never played like like i'm as like a big hockey guy, Canada is like the fucking motherland. You know what I mean? It's here in Canada, my two motherlands. Um, so I, I want to play like Winnipeg. I want to play fucking Calgary, Vancouver, all that shit. Fucking Saskatchewan. Put me up in the Yukon. You know what I mean? I don't give a fuck. I'm trying to play all over that shit. Definitely Toronto. We played there once. Toronto is like one of the coolest cities I've ever been. And Montreal is I feel like the place we played in Montreal is like, it was like pretty low key. Like it definitely wasn't like a downtown area at all. Um, but it was really cool around there and driving around Montreal is really nice too. You don't happen to remember, was it Bar La Ritz? I don't know. I know that it was, um, you walk in, there's a stage probably about three feet high. We played the same place two times. There's a good burger place nearby. I was vegetarian at the time when we, when we played the second time. So I got like an impossible burger. Um, and it was definitely like very like low-key area. I'm going to have like, to look back, but I think it's Barlow Ritz because it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we played we played there two times and uh, it's a very quiet area. It wasn't like a downtown area at all. Well, Seb, this has been an awesome time. I have one question before we go. What's your favorite city for Beans and Breakdowns? Whoa, does that have to be the same place? Not necessarily. Okay. Uh, damn, yo, that's honestly a hard one. Can I talk out my process? You can. All right, so I fuck with Phil's Coffee a lot out in California. Um, they got this Mission Cold Brew. My fucking God, is that shit? You had it? No, but I, I'm familiar with Phil's. That shit goes stupid. It goes super hard. Fuck with Phil's. I fuck with California in terms of, you know, music and stuff too, but obviously I got to give the breakdown aspect of the question to New York. 
born and bred. You know what I mean? This uh, this wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for New York hardcore. So, you know, the state of New York, the five boroughs, get my breakdown, um, <clears throat> my breakdown vote. Uh, also, like, this is where I drink the most coffee. You know what I mean? There's a place called Familiars by my crib in Bedside, New York. Um, vegan coffee place. Super dope. Pretty affordable, pretty cheap in terms of Brooklyn coffee places. So I'll give it up for them. But the beans got to go to fucking Colombia, dude. The country of Colombia. But well, more specifically, I'll say Armenia, Colombia. Armenia, Colombia. Best coffee I've ever had in my entire life. So the breakdowns are from New York. The beans are from Armenia, Colombia. 100%. That's dope. I am so happy that you said Colombia because I was like, if he says anything, I'm gonna, he's canceled. Come on. Come canceled. On. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I was happy that we cleared up the my confusion in the coffee realm. Yeah. So, uh, sure. Like I said, I put respect on the farmers. I put respect on the people making it. Uh, all that shit. You know what I mean? Coffee is a big thing all over the world. You know what I mean? And it's got to get there somehow. So I put respect into the work that goes into it. I just don't like the little funny guys who like drink their little dumb drinks and they just sit there with their tote bags and, you know, just fucking, you know what I mean? Fucking um, tote bags. Dude, oh my God, bro. Oh, another story. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to do that. Let's keep it, let's keep it positive. Yeah. This has been an awesome time. I, Seb, I really do wish uh, you and the regulate boys all the best. Everything you got going on with the acting Let's get Seb on Stern. That's right. <laughs> Hashtag Seb on Stern. Right. Um, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for having me. I had a good time. Yep. Likewise, take care. Right on. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beans and Breakdowns. I want to say a huge thanks to Seb for coming on the podcast to talk about Regulate and his personal experiences within coffee. Be sure to check out Regulate's music on all listening platforms and look out for that new LP to come sometime soon. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also find out more info about the podcast by following us on Instagram at Beans and Breakdowns and online at beansandbreakdowns.com. Until next week, be sure to stay caffeinated and wake the fuck up. <laughs>